thrusters won't stop firing. I think I'm being followed. My dad is turning green, like literally green. My last nav check put me on the range point four. This is control. Be reasonable. Keep calm and remain on the guard frequency. Welcome pilots, you've tuned to the Guard Frequency, because as all good pilots know, when you're out in the deep black, you want to keep one ear on the guard. This is episode 222 of the best damn space sim podcast ever, recorded on Friday, July 27th, and made available for download Tuesday, July 31st, 2018, over at GuardFrequency.com. I'm Tony. I'm Jeff. And I'm Ken Shadow. And Henry makes us feel like we're living a teenage stream, the way he turns us on. Right, Tony? That's right, Ken Shadow. Remember, folks, Guard Frequency is not a one-way conversation. We welcome your comments over at GuardFrequency.com and Discord.GuardFrequency.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at GuardFreak or Facebook.com forward slash GuardFreak. Your feedback is an important part of what we do, so hit us up and tell us what's on your mind. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to our shows at Feeds.GuardFrequency.com or by searching for us on iTunes. And if you're not doing anything on Friday nights, then you should come and join us at 10.30 p.m. Central as we record Guard Frequency live over at twitch.tv slash guardfreak. Do you like what we do? Want to help us make the best damn space sim podcast ever? Please consider supporting the show by visiting our website, clicking on the Patreon logo, and becoming a regular subscriber. We want to thank all of our Patreons who support us week on week. We hope you'll consider joining them because the more support we get, the better show we can make. Just head over to our website and click on the big Patreon logo to help out. And don't forget about our sister productions, Priority One and Heroes Rise. Priority One covers all things Star Trek, from the TV series to the MMO, the novels, the movies, and everything in between. Be sure to check them out at PriorityOnePodcast.com. And Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons & Dragons. Learn all about the latest publication, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to HeroesRidePodcast.com to discover their secrets. And the housekeeping is done, so let's get on with the show. What have we got in store this week, Tony? In this week's Flight Deck, we bring you all the headlines from Simulated Space, including the latest news from Elite Dangerous, Star Citizen, and No Man's Sky. You're welcome, Jeff. The fact that we still report... Never mind. Next, we'll get the news from the Deep Black with Spencer McDunn on Galactic Public Radio. After that, we continue our audio adventure, Guard Frequency Origins. Face enemies, weapons fire, and the dreaded role of the Natural One. Finally, we open up the feedback loop and let you join in the fun. Lace up your booties, campers. It's time to head out to the flight deck. Speed 175, Port Bay, hands on approach, checker screen, call the ball. Don't get taken home with me. Here are the top news bits from the world of space sims. No Man's Sky's Next has been released, and it's getting some decent press from everyone except those who bought it on good old games. But there's a silver lining here, too. Even Jeff might think so. Elite Dangerous makes creating a minor faction a teensy bit easier. There's a neat video from the team that brought us Laser Cops and David Brabham teases future revenue plans. Star Citizen accidentally says a bit too much too soon and not enough too late. And patch 3.2.1 is now out on the live server. All right, well, let's get this out of the way because I'm back and Jeff is, you know, he's, he's going to check out and maybe make, do some text messaging or alphabetize a sock drawer or something. But No Man's Sky had a huge patch and made tons of people very happy and me mildly sad because I bought it on good old games. And so I don't get it multiplayer 
for the foreseeable future. Why is that, Tony? From what I understand, the multiplayer is handled through the uh, the client of the platform, like Steam or through uh, Xbox, and good old games doesn't have that platform. So in order for them to do that, they would have to use um, a free third party or something like that. And uh, speaking to our artist, Ben, uh, who has been playing a whole lot of No Man's Sky, according to him, um, he said that uh, that could lead to piracy. I'm not sure exactly what that connection is, but that the uh, use of an outside party for multiplayer would lead to piracy because people would be able to share it. Yeah, so, so yeah, so the the attraction of uh, good old games is the fact that uh, they've made a commitment to sell all their games DRM-free. When I saw the news yesterday, they hadn't come out with that explanation yet, but that makes a whole lot of sense to me now that I hear it. Yeah, and that's coming from uh, Ben. I haven't read that. I did read a lot about the update, and he gave me some good insights. He's played a lot of it. I've watched a ton of video. He's actually played a lot of it. Um, so it's good insight. I believe Ben in most things. He only plays a jokester prankster on audio uh, recordings. He's he's actually a, a pretty smart computer type guy and and and, and uh, knows many things. So uh, I believe him. Uh, so uh, I mean, so that's good news. Ex- in ex- uh, with the exception of the fact that we have to wait for either Good Old Games to build its own backend for multiplayer matchups, I guess, or for them to include some sort of DRM patch on a DRM free platform i guess well not quite that's or i can get a refund this was the silver right. lining i could get a refund from good old games and then go buy it on steam um and then have access to multiplayer i guess that way so i'd like to see if this if they if they can come up with a technical solution through good old games because i don't necessarily want to get money back from them because i have owned the game for well however long it's been since release um and it's not their fault that Hello Games design doesn't let them do multiplayer? I I don't know. Yes, but you've owned it for a year with incomplete features, and if at this point, after waiting that long, when the update comes out that finally says what we had, or what we expected to be in the initial release is finally here, and you still don't get it, the fact that you're eligible for a refund after all that time is awesome. Yeah. Because there are a lot of people that haven't played it for so long because they got it, and it sucked, and they didn't play it. And now that it's apparently really decent, I didn't download it. I'm gonna. I was waiting to hear feedback because, I, you know, I gave it an honest shot before, and it did mm. improve. It did improve, but it never delivered on what it was supposed to. And if it does now, that's that they should have released it now. You know what I mean? Like, right. This is when it's feature complete because I'm always going to be annoyed with the fact that they said multiplayer was in there, knowing that it wasn't, and then they got caught lying about it and then shut up for a year. That was so annoying. That's not. That's not customer service at all. You know, the fact that you guys are having this much of a conversation about it just proves that this game does not need to be talked about. But except our whole job is to talk about games, and so I, I figure it fits well, right in. But that's it's, my not, thing. it's <laughs> not even a space sim. It's a space survival game. Now, I have seen where they have uh, where people are displeased with the flight model until they pick up a controller. Right. Like people are people are are angry about the mouse and keyboard way the flying works, but then when they get their Xbox controller out, they say it's a completely different experience and they enjoy it. That, that was an article from Joystick, and uh, the the comment was like the original um, No Man's Sky for when you're when you're flying along planets, you fly at like a level height, and when you want to when yeah. you want to land, you hit space bar and you just go down. Boom! Yeah, it happens. Yep. And na- now, hate it. And now they've changed that. There is no space bar to land. You you actually have to like fly down to the surface and you there's no there's no hard um whatever you would call that no hard deck you know in terms yeah, of hard deck 
And so mm-hmm. you, uh, you, you can fly around, but the problem is, is the mouse and keyboard flying is not good. And so you just crash all the time. So yeah. you have to, it, they pretty much are requiring you to use some sort of joystick in order to fly it properly now. Or they, they say controller, but, you know, I mean, I'm sure both of please. <laughs> My understanding is that their joystick support is spotty at best, and basically you're you kind of kind of stuck with a controller. Well, if here's, you, if you're, here's the reason. It's an arcade game. So you've yeah. got to play it with an arcade game kind of controller, uh, like a console type thing, and that's just what it is. It's never going to be I, I, See, another, uh, another, another uh, person just popped in and said it's not a space sim. It's an arcade game. So Jeff and this other person agree that it's not a space sim. On the other hand, the rest of us kind of think it kind of qualifies, which is always the fun debate. Is it or isn't it? And most, a lot of, some people say it is, some people say it isn't. I think it's enough of a space sim. It gets people excited about exploring. That's, that's part of what they do. You have to gather resources. You have to improve your ship. It kind of fits. But... Un, but unlike this other thing, which is clearly not a space sim that I want to talk about real fast, we didn't tease it at the front because it is even less of a space sim, but I'm more excited about it. Bridge Crew. How can you say that's has, not a, a space sim? I got to stop you. How is that not a You're in it, space in a simulation of a humongous it, spaceship. That is I, a space sim. Come on. I know. I know. But if we're going to have the debate about No Man's Sky, I got to think that Bridge Crew is is not either. Because you're not kind of in a in a cockpit. Yes, you're you are. You're on the bridge. I mean, you're controlling it, it, it directly with the flight controls of the machine. I mean, yeah, it, but you, you don't need to. Okay, if if Riker's steering column was there, would you be happy uh, and call blasphemy. bridge crew? Uh, well, you're the one no. doing this to us, man. We don't, you're doing we don't this need to us talk right about now. Riker's steering column. I mean, just yeah, say it. Tony about, goes. No. It, it, you you're not using it's, a bridge, or you're no. not in a cockpit. You're not using a joystick. Yes, you can. It's <laughs> just okay, but dumb. But that, can, was but it e. sucks. that was the Enterprise E, okay? The D, as far as I can tell, as far as I can remember, never had the manual steering column. It probably had that, dual sticks, but Picard never needed them because he was a good captain. <laughs> well, maybe. And, and Wesley was an excellent driver. <laughs> I, I will concede that Bridge Crew has some flavor of Space Sim on it. But the reason that we're talking about it is because we downloaded Henry and I downloaded the DLC for fifteen bucks that gives you the 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 D bridge, the Enterprise D bridge, and it's super fun. How many hours do you think we played? I think four. I think it was close to four. I think it was more than that because I think I came in here at like I don't know. It was uh, it was early. It was like uh, what did we start at seven or something, eight o'clock, and then we didn't stop until oh yeah, two o'clock yeah. in the morning. It was long yeah, time. Maybe it was. It was. It, it was, was a long time. It was like seven yeah. hours probably. It was a long time. It was, it was at least four, maybe as much. I'm going to say six. It was as much as six. It was between four and a lot more than that. Four, a lot more than four. Yeah, but uh, if, if you you don't need VR anymore because they the uh, Ubisoft has uh, uh, configured it so you can do uh, VR or traditional mouse and keyboard. You can play cross-platform against PS4, Xbox, and PC. So no matter what platform you own, um, you can still play with all your friends. Uh, the bridge layout is spectacular. I mean, it really does look like it did on the show. Um, the UI takes a little getting used to, but if you can handle the original Enterprise bridge, the D bridge is a lot nicer. Than it's that. very it's between, much easier than it's that. Be- yeah, it's between the Aegis and the old original Enterprise in terms of uh, finding all the buttons. And there's only one thing that we couldn't make work. Uh, the subsystem attacks... On tactical, I, we just we couldn't figure out how to make those things work. But everything else, 
works kind of the same as all the other uh, bridge outlays. And we haven't beat the board yet, but we need to. To be fair, we engaged them twice, and that was uh, we were it was once the, was the first time we were on that bridge. So the first thing yeah. we did was appear on the, the TNG bridge and face the Borg. So when yeah. we died, we realized we should do a different mission. Yeah, we should learn where the buttons are first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we rebooted the holodeck. So <laughs> yeah, for any rookie pilot, really, you learn where the buttons are. You, you should do that. That's the thing. Only thing that really bugs me in Bridge Crew, the TNG expansion, is and in Tactical in VR, the console is below my knees, which is really strange. So I had be, to. Yeah. I actually stood up out of my chair reset the head centering and then sat down so that it would be at a level I could access. Um, so that was weird. And that was every time I switched to tactical, it was like that. So that was funky. Um, I don't think Worf was that short. I don't remember Klingons being <laughs> three and a half feet tall. Maybe in the Discovery era, they there are three foot Klingons. I don't remember that in TNG. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. Um, Who knows? But yeah, the rest of the game was awesome. Well, uh, moving on to Elite Dangerous real quick. There's uh, not a whole lot of big news, but a whole bunch of little bits of news. Um, as, as everybody probably remembers, uh, Guard Frequency is its own minor faction in the game now, and that was the process of me filling out a bunch of forms and then waiting about six months for somebody to do something with it. Uh, and that's not a unique experience to us. That was how the thing used to work. Uh, now it was it was it was artisanal. It was artisanal. It was handcrafted. It was artisanal, and uh, uh, it was uh, really annoying. It was a long wait. It, they appear to have streamlined the back end process of that a little bit. Now um, the process is you have to create a player group still, which is different than the private group in the game. You actually have to interact with the community management team at Frontier. You have to have at least 10 players. You have to kind of name them, and you have to uh, 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 get approval for them once you've built that player group. Once you have that, then they've got a new form on their website, which you pick a system, you choose a faction name, and uh, Frontier places you in the universe at, at some point. It appears that they've, instead of using kind of a kludged together Google form and manual email, it looks like they've uh, got something a little more web-based and a little more streamlined. Hopefully that will make it easier for them to directly import things into the uh, Starforge system that tracks all the factions and all that kind of stuff. So good news for everybody else that wants to make a minor faction. It's a little easier now. Um I, there's a YouTube link in there uh, for you guys, and if you want to look at that real quick and fast forward it to nine minutes, what this is, the guys that brought la- uh, brought you laser cops and the ones that told you how to find Voyager in deep space in the solar system, uh, they have like a tourism series where they go find cool things and make stupid little videos and goofy uh, skits uh, about uh, uh, things in deep space. They went to a planet that actually orbits a neutron star, and the planet flies through the neutron star's jet. So, like, every orbit or circulation or whatever, the jet washes over the surface of the planet, so it's hard to land. It has, like, atmospheric effects. The it, it blows your ship around, uh, radiation damage, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so they kind of work their way through that. And then I'll let you watch the thing go to about nine minutes and, and just watch the visual of that. After you get into the... They, they've got a whole, like, nine minutes of setup for basically this one moment uh, that starts oh, at about the nine-minute wow. mark. wow. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So the modeling in this game is so realistic and cool that when the neutron star starts coming up over the horizon, before that comes up over the horizon, 
the gravitational lensing around the neutron star condenses the Milky Way into a like a band that makes it look like the entire galaxy is sort of like you're sinking into the galaxy. The planet surface is sinking into the galaxy. Then the neutron star comes up over the horizon and you get the beam of the star going over you. And then as the star passes, the star field goes back to normal as the gravitational lensing effect uh, goes away. That's my radio description. That's the word picture that I'm trying to make for you guys. It almost looks like the uh, the planet goes through a wormhole or something. It's really neat. That was awesome. Yeah, the, so I highly recommend going to the Ghost Giraffe YouTube channel. Two words, Ghost Giraffe, and checking out their latest space tourism video. You can you can watch the whole thing. It's mildly amusing. I, I, you know, this is kind of funny and silly. But if you're pressed for time or it gets boring to you, just fast forward to nine minutes. And just just look at it, put it full screen, and watch it happen. It's it's really cool, and that's just procedurally generated stuff in the Star Forge, Stellar Forge, uh, and it just is really pretty visually stunning. So I was impressed. The gra- the, gra- the gravitational lensing is really cool. I mean, that's I, I I like rewatched it like four times trying to f- figure out what was going on there. That's that's neat. It just, it was it was it was, but it, you know it's it's a it's a nine minute setup for that one visual payoff. So. As a service to our listeners, I'm letting I'm, I'm letting you skip to the end if you want to. But I, I really thought that was kind of cool. And these guys do a lot of fun things in the game as well. They got a bunch of videos about them visiting NASA and stuff too. So they're they're kind of fun and they, and laser cops, which I am a huge fan of. So uh, highly recommend their channel and that's the latest offering there. The other last fun thing about Elite Dangerous uh, is that we have a little tease about what's going to come. Frontier is notoriously tight-lipped about the future. But what they have said uh, in a recent interview with PC Gamer, um, which is behind a paywall, but some guy, I don't want to say he's, he, I'm not going to say he ripped it off, but he's paid an homage to the article in PC Gamer by quoting huge blocks of text from it. We'll just put it that way. We'll put the link in our show notes. But Braben basically said that there's going to be a mixture of free and paid content coming after Horizons is over. So everybody who bought season passes, all the backers who backed to get free lifetime access and stuff, I think this is where you're going to get your payoff when you when you uh, have the, the this this next season this next series of updates that's upcoming, the mixture of paid and and uh, free downloads is going to where is going to be where you get that uh, that return on investment. I thought for a second we could have a little bit of fun and try to take a guess what are they going to charge for? Because right now the only thing they're charging for is paint uh, paint jobs and cosmetic stuff. But if you paid for a game during the Kickstarter, or if you paid for a season pass, <coughs> Jeff, um, uh, <laughs> early on, you were expecting to get some bonuses for that, which I would, in my in my shoe, if I were in those shoes, I would expect some game features that I would get that nobody else would, and unless, you, unless somebody else paid extra. So we'll start with Jeff. Jeff, what are you hoping or thinking that they should uh, put out there that you would, that you want to get for free, but all of us plebes have to have to pay for. It. Cool ships would be really nice, but you know that's that's you know not. Uh, I, I don't think well, that's, that's not in the gameplay, realm. though, right? Yeah, that, it's not in the realm of possibility. So it's hard to say what kind of gameplay that Elite could give me as paid content that is not accessible already. I mean, you know, you fly, you mine, you you fight, you. Uh, explore. I mean, I don't know what kind of gameplay I could expect. 
so as a Kickstarter, if if they just if they didn't give you any kind of exclusive activities or anything, are you are you happy with that? Or? I'm just happy to get the content as a as it comes out. I mean, I really bought it because I had I was a little flush at the time, and I thought, you know, this game's going to continue on. So why not be a lifetime subscriber and just get all the content? It's kind of what I did with Stowe, you know. It's, okay. So you're you're not clamoring, or you don't feel like you have missed out on no, stuff because really. they haven't. Okay, all right. Well, Henry, what what did you, did you haven't bought a lifetime lifetime pass or anything like that, have you? No, I got Horizons, and I plan to get the expansions. I typically tend not to get lifetime um, for games I really like because I feel like ongoing uh, contributions are more important. Like for games like Stowe, I might pay a subscription, things like that. Okay. Um, because you, you'll end up spending more that way, but you're supporting something that you care about in that case. And then if you don't want to anymore, you can pull that support. So, it's, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know. You guys cool. suck. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, I don't really do lifetime. But I'm, I'm going to pay for whatever expansion comes out for Elite because I'm sure it's going to be uh, something like Atmospheric Planets or Walking Around. I would be willing to bet the first paid content is adding Atmospheric Planets. Um, probably Could gas be. giants because they wouldn't even require horizons for a gas giant. There's no surface to land on. So they could sell that to some people without affecting people needing horizons too. Um, and then I would think walking around your ship, which is probably a whole lot harder for them to achieve and a lot less likely, um, I think. So I'm looking forward to uh, finding out we can do more with um, either like nebulas that are uh, anomalies and things that they were talking about were coming. Um, mm-hmm. as somebody who has maybe gas mining capabilities and can mine gas giants. Because I've seen concept art for gas giant uh, atmospheric flight, um, and there's a whole lot of gameplay that you could do there. You could have turbulence, you could have um, lightning and things like that to avoid. You could have pressure you have to worry about and gravity. Um, so there's a whole lot of things that could be like added gameplay with adding just gas giants. I'd okay. like to see right. atmospheric planets with surfaces also, but I, and, and I would assume that would probably happen at the same time. But I think that would be a thing that would be something people who have horizons would expect to get. You know what I mean? Because it's just adding planetary atmospherics. So maybe that'll come as yeah. a free thing for people with horizons with gas giants being a separate. Maybe. That makes sense. That makes sense. Ken Shadow, is there anything that you think that they should do that you'd shell out 15 bucks for? I don't know. I, I, I don't have any. I, I obviously did not buy the Lifetime. I actually bought the Lifetime for Stowe and felt like I regretted it because didn't, we didn't end up playing it as much as we thought we would. Um, oh. But that's probably just me and my wife. <laughs> and not speaking about, badly about the game. Um, <clears throat> the I don't know. I, I am personally just not a fan of the locking the content behind paywalls like that. Or gameplay right. content. Uh, you know, locking like missions and... Uh, story stuff that that makes total sense to me, but like the thing, like the, I, I didn't, I'm not a fan of the the, the model they have for Horizons uh, when they were talking mm-hmm. about expansions and stuff. I think in the original one, I guess I didn't quite catch that um, that that was the kind of content they would be locking, and uh, I, I felt I I resisted buying Horizons for a long time. I I have since bought it, but uh, it, I resisted a while because I, I just didn't like the model at all. I can see where that model rubs people the wrong way, mostly because it's a, kind of a stark difference between a lot of other games. They'll give you, you know, they, Frontier's chosen to get just cosmetics, right? That, that's how they've monetized the game so far, to a large extent, aside from the game and the expansion. But is there an alternative with that model, though? I mean, 
if you're going to do these infrequent large expansions and tiny little monetizations with co- with with cosmetic stuff, is there an alternative to locking gameplay if that's the model that you've chosen? Is there a better way to do it? It just it just the the, the reason I don't like it is cuz it feels arbitrary the way they cut the features. It's not there's no clean delineation. And you say, okay, well, you don't get to land on planets. There's like a million other Horizons content that kind of that kind of creeps back and forth. And, you, and like I was, I didn't buy Horizons. engineers, for example. Yeah, I didn't, yeah. I didn't buy Horizons for a while, for a long time, and so I kept running these weird things, like like your character portrait or whatever. You you couldn't mm-hmm. modify. You didn't modify your character looks unless you had Horizons. So I just had like a, a helmet dude, I think. And then yeah. you know, and so just it's just weird things like that, and it it felt especially after you know buying the game for. Because I paid for beta access, so I paid seventy five dollars for the game, and so mm-hmm. getting in, and, and it's like, okay, I didn't pay the extra fifty, but you know, like a year after after I paid the seventy five, and I, I, it, it felt bad to me. And it's it's been a long time since then, so I feel less bad about it now about new features potentially being added in. I don't like the delineations they have picked so far. I would rather them lock like story content or. Well, and we know that story content from Frontier just comes in just like, oh, just sheets, right? Uh, oh, they, we get story they content have from them so quick. Good results with that so far, obviously. But, uh, you know, if they, <laughs> if they were to actually do like, um, you know, traditional MMO quest lines and things like that, that were, um, yeah. which I guess is, is, is antithetical to what they've done so far. Um, well, but I mean, what if? Yeah, if, I mean, if this, they were to add that like, would be cool. like real storylines and things like that where yeah. you could follow quests to do things, I think that's something a little more. Uh, cleanly that you can put behind a paywall. You just don't get offered those things unless you've you've paid that that entry. Okay, fee. I like that idea. That makes much more like sense that. than walling off features. Yes, big time. Yeah, I like that idea. Yeah. So 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 Henry says uh, gas giants and atmospheric and nebula type of things. Uh, Ken Shadow says MMO or you know our mission storylines would be kind of cool. Yeah. Something that would be offered exclusively to somebody who pay for that. And Jeff's like, I'm cool, man. <laughs> That, that, that about sum everybody up? That about it? He wants spaceships. Give him free spaceships. spaceships. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. Give, yeah. give, him, give him spaceships. Give him spaceships. Give him, give him a spaceship. For All the right, record, so. I don't like the idea of needing to pay just to get access to ships. I like the fact that the ships yeah. in Elite are available if you work for them. It's not pay to right. win that and way. And as I said, that that doesn't really, you know, that doesn't wasn't something I was really expecting them to yeah. do either. Yeah. Uh, I got you. It doesn't, doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be like they lock a ship. They could be, it's just like the faction ships. Like you don't get, you cannot gain faction with a specific faction that does give you access to ships unless you pay, and that would also be, in my mind, that, also that <clears throat> that gives me an idea. You could get discounts uh, if you're if you're a lifetime member or paying. You could get discounts from. I mean, some of these ships are like humongous amounts of, of in-game currency. So instead of restricting access, you get discounts for them. I think lifetime members get access to Founders World, which gives you a nice discount on anything yeah, that you there, buy if you travel there. If you, you travel, travel there. there. Yeah. And I support that. I think that's cool. I think it's neat that there's a little private club in game that you guys have, and that's fine. Um, I, I'm never going to, I'm not going to get there. I mean, I think you get there if you get to be elite. So I'll get there eventually. Or My maybe, exploration's or maybe way up there. Or maybe it's faction bonuses that, you know, and, you know, when you earn. When you earn faction rank, you actually get a ten or twenty percent uh, uh, bonus on top of that. Went up to your points for a faction something. ship. Yeah, yeah, that might work. You know, something like that would work. I like what Henry said earlier about the space legs, but I think what they're going to do is they're going to offer on the theme of cosmetic things. 
they'll offer access to your ship interior. I really think that's something that they've done. Apparently, from what I understand, they've modeled all the ships so that the interiors will fit already. So there's like a place for a size 8 bay, there's a place for a size 1 bay, there's a place for a size 3 bay, there's a place for your cockpit. They know where your thrusters are supposed to be. From what I understand, they've been building all the ships out with those things in mind from the beginning. And that would have let them do their drip, drip, drip of content too, right? Pay 10 bucks and you have access to the interior of an anaconda. Pay 5 bucks and you have access to the interior of a Sidewinder. Oh, I you hope know, it's a- an expansion that's like game-wide where you can just get up. I don't want to have to pay per ship. If it I, was, if it was a con, okay, give me an expansion that gives me all my ship interiors and then sell me decorations for them. That's more a frontiers that model. Too. That could work you too. Know? Yeah, yeah. That, well, that would that, that 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 way you get monetized coming and going, right? You buy the expansion, you know, the forty or fifty dollar expansion that gives you whatever features are going to offer. Then they give you cosmetic choices to outfit or customize the things they just sold you. That that's, that gets people coming and going. That, that could be too. Yeah, yeah. So basically, the takeaway from this conversation is, uh, hey, Frontier, you got all lots of ways to take a, all kinds of money from all of your fans. <laughs> Have at them. Enjoy. And if you want a consulting group, we are available for reasonable rates. Uh, contact GuardFrequency.com for further uh, discussion. Um, okay, so, and then, and now, after that, we still have Star Citizen to go through. It's been, I've been gone for two weeks, man. I've had, I'm like backed up with space news. I want to, I want to talk about everything. Tony, uh, uh, I got to ask you real quick first, um, yeah. who is the clock Nazi? Because you told me when we were, when you were gone, I couldn't let us run too long. And here you are about to start a long discussion. Because this can't be short. Discussion. This is a big one. Uh, so, uh, Star Citizen uh, had a little uh, kerfuffle a bit. They uh, accidentally made public their roadmap off schedule before schedule early schedule however you want to do it there was a, a leak uh, of, of the internal JIRA system I guess somebody hit published and they shouldn't have and uh, some th- some things got out there uh, Brian is it, am I is that an accurate summation or I was gone so I didn't see the kerfluffle but yeah it sounds like it sounds like that something like that happened and then there was people discussing what was on the roadmap and what got moved around and things like that. Okay. And what, what what intrigued me more about it was, again, not not the fact that that happened. Accidents do happen. It, it, it's part of their thing. It was the response to it that kind of had me scratching my head where they said, well, our work in progress is uh, a work in progress. The, this thing we're showing you about our work in progress is in itself a work in progress. Everything is subject to change. But they've, done, they've done similar stunts like this before, and it, it, you know, it just it draws nothing. Wait, wait, wait hold on, hold on, wait, Jeff. What well, are you implying no, it, by this, stunt? Are you saying that they are their 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 roadmap and release ahead of schedule? It, was like, it wasn't that much ahead of schedule, by the way. It, it wasn't. Read. It was like a couple yeah, of days or something, right? Or like a week. But yeah, uh, what, you're thinking that's a stunt. No, well, maybe, or maybe it's just a, a stunt by some people internally that are just, uh, I don't know, but but this has been done before. I think enough people were waiting on the roadmap enough anyway. I think I don't think it really made any sense for them to pull a stunt about releasing it early. To to me, it to me it, it's somebody hit the wrong button or what? I mean that whatever it doesn't really matter. But the question I have in my mind is: is the roadmap a thing that? is a snapshot in time that just changes and then when they release it that is that day's snapshot yeah. like we're going to going along going along going along today's the today's the day we release the roadmap boom hit publish and then we're then that's it 
or is it something that is constructed throughout the quarter and then released to the public on the magic day? And that's that that's the part I don't understand. They they talked about this a little bit when they delayed features from the last patch. So there were some features in 3.2 that got delayed to 3.3. And it seems like the idea is that the roadmap is just a rough, uh, you know, project managers, um, Microsoft project transcription, basically, right? He has resources lined up for doing these things in these orders at this time. If anything gets shifted, if, you know, if, if, if Jim Bob, that is a crucial thing on two different pieces, if he slips his time, then you're going to have to push out. And so that this is just their intention at right. this point in time as they do their Microsoft project to website transcription. Whenever they get around to doing the next update, yeah, okay. that's that's their new like you said. So it's it's not it's not really connected to their internal it, thing. You know, who it's knows not, who knows right? I, I, you know even if they say it is they, they don't I don't think they're well, going to clarify that. Yeah, yeah. There is an internal Jira tracking and things like that, but how closely that's tied, I don't think we're ever going to get a solid answer on. Yeah, well, and that's that's why I'm scratching my head at this, because the whole story is, well, somebody hit publish and they shouldn't have. We're, we're giving you full transparency and this is our internal JIRA. And all that. Well, no, it's really not. This is a transcription or a translation or a, you know, a, a visualization or a whatever. It's yeah. a representation of what we have in JIRA, but it's not really connected I think, at all. I think the more likely thing here is that someone was, there's a filter between those two things, right. almost certainly, right? right? And someone was screwing around with it and trying to build up what the new update's going to be for that web page, and instead of hitting save, he hit publish, okay. you know? Okay. <laughs> Something so, like that. I think that's a closer yeah. and that's, analogy. That's my, and that's my question. Again, it's one of those things that just doesn't, that didn't ring right with me. It's not Jira. It's not your real project database. It's not your really what you're doing. You've got that. But then you've got a guy whose job it is to pull at a given time, at a specified time, what your thinking is at that moment, put it into this other program, whether it's a Microsoft right. you know, project manager or some web thing, well, and then I, hit publish on that. On th the there could be some half-truth into both of those things, right? You could have an automated script that does this filtering and translation, and they ran at the wrong timer, or, or they did something before they ran it. You know, who knows? Uh, if there is some sort of loose tie between those things, any change in one of them could change the other one. So Right. But if it's like that, then isn't it a little disingenuous to say, well, you know, this is all very fluid and shifting. And we might just like back it up. If they're really only a week away from from hitting the publish button on it, isn't this about as close to what you're going to see? It should be pretty close to what you're going to see. I don't know update, what right? I don't know what the I mean, manual that's... steps are to that project management to say either way. And I mean, I don't. I'm not. I'm not right. trying to be a, a sick apologist here or anything like that. I just don't think it's that that clear exactly what how how this those phases how those steps are are done to make that web page right. to really tell you if if that's a kerfuffle or not. Right. And that's and that's kind of my issue. I would like to know more. Would you like I, to know more? I think, yes, I I think like it's an... More. Okay. But, well, you know, so we, anyway. we have this conversation a lot in the fact that I, I say this is a non-issue and we you do. disagree. But I, the I reason, agree. I, the reason I say this is a non-issue is because I think their their project management into what goes into a patch it seems to be... It's very much code snapshot based, right? They're working on something. If they get to a point in the quarter where they're like, all right, it's going to go on these features. If something doesn't seem like it's... Rather, they, they have already shown a willingness to say... FPS AI was just not here this quarter. We're pushing to 3.3. So whatever that roadmap says is 
it's kind of a half truth no matter what because they could delay anything at the last minute anyway so what why why bother lying about it <laughs> you know they've already shown a willingness to push and pull anything they need to push and they've pulled things it, in too. it's really much ado about nothing yes the the leak is my you know the, the accidental publish publishing is not a big deal it's my again for me it's just how they respond to it and i would since it is a leak and it did happen on accident i would like to know if the roadmap is basically one of two things or like kinshaw was saying a mixture of the two is there a guy whose job it is to move stuff from a jira system translate it or transfix it or whatever over to this other system or is it something that's automatic and we really are seeing a, a snapshot of what's going on in the background? Or is it a mixture? I would like to know. And like Brian was saying, we're not gonna. But yeah. that doesn't change the fact that I'd like to know. And that we can talk about it for 10 minutes and, and have an argument about it. And finally, speaking of which, arguments and stuff. I, I warned the guys before the show I was going to do this. And I'm going to keep it short. And I'm going to clock Nazi myself, Henry. So don't worry about it. Uh, so uh, uh, six months ago, CIG filed some paperwork in, in Britain. Very boring. They're gonna they they divided their shares. There were a hundred shares of CIG UK owned by Aaron and Chris and Ortwin, and they said, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna turn that hundred into a hundred thousand, or no, a million. We're gonna turn it into a million shares. That just is just an accounting thing. Okay, happens all the time. Usually, it's a precursor for we're gonna give away some shares whether it's equity in the company for workers or pledging collateral for something or whatever, it's usually a precursor to some kind of ownership thing. Then about two months ago, they filed something else to basically give away 113,000 of those shares. They had to file a, res a corporate resolution that exempted something in British law. It's very boring. That would enable them to hand these 113,741, I think it was, out. So what that tells me, this is a conclusion I'm drawing because there's nothing in the paperwork that says what happened, is that someone now has ownership of 10% of CIG. And that's great and that's fine and everything, but I think that as backers and as people have contributed to it, we should know who that is. Ortwin, no surprise, he's half of, of the original CIG. Chris, obviously no surprise, half of CIG. Aaron, no surprise, He's Chris's brother and an experienced video game executive. No surprise. And those people are all publicly disclosed in the, the things uh, things filed in Britain. Somebody else owns 10% of the company now. You think it's a... I'd like to know who that well, is. Well, you think it's a settlement with uh, um, Crytek? Crytek? Hell no. Nope. No, that's not, that's not how things are usually done. You don't settle by giving somebody 10% of your company, especially when Crytek probably thinks they own the entire thing. That's a whole separate ball of wax. Uh, and we still haven't heard anything about that either. No, I, the, what what bothers me as a backer is that I know we know who Chris is for good or for ill. We know who Ortwin is for good or for ill. We know who Aaron is. I was hoping I was hoping for for more from Aaron, but but we know who Aaron is. I want to know who the other guy is. I want or guys. It could be multiple. Yeah, people. but but I don't think we're I don't think we need to know that. You know, and, and I'll tell, tell you why. why. As a backer, as a backer, I'm backing the game. And I get digital assets. Nobody said that I was going to get stock in the company. Now, if I was a shareholder, if I was a shareholder, I would expect that kind of uh, release of information. But I'm not a shareholder. I'm a backer. Right. And we, we've had this conversation, too. It's, it's I have very low confidence in the management of the company. Other people, uh, many people on this podcast and many of our listeners, have a much higher degree of confidence in the management of the company. 
I'm saying that as a backer and somebody with low confidence, I'd like to know who they just sold part of the company to. Tencent bought 10% or 9% of Frontier um, a few months ago. And we had a little discussion about that, about what influence minority shareholders can have. The same thing applies here. It's about the same amount of ownership as, as well. So it, it, it is important to me as a backer of Star Citizen and as a consumer from Elite Dangerous point of view, who who's owning what and, and what kind of influence they have. And I, to me. So legally speaking, if they sold the shares, wouldn't we see that in this same filing? Well, from my understanding and the little bit of research that I've done is that if, if that went to one person or one entity, that 10%, they're going to be obligated to disclose that eventually. And they've done some more shenanigans in the last few days about changing their accounting period again. I'm not going to go into that because even, that's even farther in the weeds than this stuff. But we're, it, it's going to have the practical effect of delaying any disclosures that are required. So we're not going to, even if we eventually find out, even if there's a legal trigger for us to find out, that won't be hit for probably another six months or a year. That's irrelevant to me what the law says. As a backer, as a consumer, as somebody that's paid money into the project, based on the fact that Chris Roberts is supposed to do it with his help and uh, financing of his partner, Ortwin, with the help of his brother, who's an experienced game executive, Aaron, okay, that's great. Who's this other guy? You know, who, who, or guys or group or company or whoever. Who now has a stake in the outcome of this company or in the outcome of this game? I would like to know. Am I going to find out? Probably not. I, mean, I, I, I hate saying this. I really do. It, it pains me, Tony. Go ahead. I know. I, it's okay. But I'm, I'm, I'm stealing myself. I, I'm ready. I'm ready. Go ahead, Brad. Go ahead. But I agree with you. What? No. Yeah, I agree. Shot. Okay. I, well, I think if I think I think if if I, I think uh, you know if it is an individual, we should know who that is, and they don't have to give a specific name. I don't have to give this Bob Smear, but if there's a private investor that's involved, or if it's a company, I don't. I don't see. I don't see an issue. I mean, everybody else is public, so the other individuals should be public too. It's 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 for me. It's the it. I have a much lower degree of confidence, like I said. Other people have a higher degree of confidence, but I do think it gets past that to a large extent. I I would understand why they're doing this. It's obviously a, uh, uh, especially if they're if they're doing it as a sale, um, then people it lowers confidence in general. Because people think, oh, you've got $200 million. Why, why is that not enough money? Things like that always have, are bad. And I understand them doing whatever shenanigans they do. That doesn't mean that, that, that I feel good about them potentially keeping it a secret. If it's, if it's no secret, they should come out and say it's no secret. This is, this is their reasoning. If it's not, they should say, okay, this is the person. That, this, is, this is who and why. I, I, I am in general in favor of SIG uh, doing things that give them favorable press and avoiding uh, bad limelight. But if uh, from, from an accountability and transparency standpoint, I do want to see everything. But, but, so, how does that, but how does knowing make you feel any different about the game itself? Well, we had this, we had this argument earlier about Tencent and stuff like that. If somebody has minority, minority shareholder status, they potentially do have some sort of uh, you know, tug on Chris's ear. They do have an influence in the game itself. Who knows what other parts of that deal um, potentially could involve another, a third-party company, right? 10% is quite a large. 10%, that's, you know, $20 million of potential backer revenue right there, you know, that they are responsible for or they have somewhat semi-ownership of, you know, so that they 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 potentially have some sort of influence at, at SIG and into whatever other platforms at SIG. Like, who knows? Let's say this is a... Uh, 
this is some competitor Amazon Web Services, and so as part of this, they're switching all of their back end over, and that will require that will cause you know, a year of delay on, 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 on backend server net code because they're switching from AWS to, you know, Google, whatever. Now, I'm not saying that this is something that's part of the deal or, or whatever the case may be. I'm just saying that 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 of that large per transaction, we should be given some sort of assurances that this is not going to impact our our, our, our schedule for release or anything like that. All right. All right. So I didn't sign an NDA, <laughs> but it was me. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, thank God. All right. So that, that's been settled. And, and just to wrap up, we want to put a bow on this discussion because we're almost at, at, uh, at a long time now. But just I want to make absolutely clear. The fact that we know is that they uh, is that they received clearance or they pro- filed the proper paperwork to sell 113,000 of their 1 million shares or to give them away. They either sold or gave away hundred up to 113,000 of their shares. Maybe they gave away zero and they have it all in their in the treasury and it's just an accounting maneuver. That's possible. But I don't think so. Is this potentially still just a staging maneuver for them potentially selling 10% of the company? Uh, yeah. What we, what, I, what we know is that they are authorized by law now to, to transact up to 10%, slightly over 10%, 13%, 11, 11.3% of the company. They're allowed to transact business on 11.3% okay, of so the company. Okay, so this transaction still can and, be months away. And they could still do uh, something. It could be, but the filing was done two months ago. And you know, every everything costs money, right? Filing something costs money and it takes time and effort to make the filing right. They had to file amended articles of incorporation along with it, which is twenty pages worth of legalese. I mean, there's transaction costs associated with doing all this. You don't do it unless there's a deal somehow. Maybe they gave away the hundred thirteen thousand shares to their employees. Everybody gets a thousand shares. I don't know, but those are things that I would like to know. All po- odd poly- podcasters that that cover Star Citizen each get ten thousand shares. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, if, yeah, we're we're available for hire to uh, for hire for consulting, and we'll be happy to take share donations as well. Yeah, uh, and we'll stop talking about le- legal problems. It's the process. Uh, we will consider that as part of the transaction. Yes, yeah, so send us your terms. So. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've gone on uh, long enough for a lot of different topics. Uh, yeah, welcome back, Tony. Uh, and now that we've got all caught up on Space Sim News. Let's talk about Space News and listen to Spencer McDunn on Galactic Public Radio. Good evening from Galactic Public Radio on NC. I'm Spencer McDunn, and these are the top headlines from around the known galaxy. The League of Reparations has been dismantled according to official statements by the Tri-Power Task Force. For the latest, we go to Smooth Furnace and the Alios system. Thanks, Spencer. In the course of just three weeks, the League of Reparation has fallen from its status as an interstellar assassin boogeyman all the way down to historical footnote of criminal history. After the murder of Inspector Kilbride of Alliance Interpol and her team, the Tri-Power Task Force moved quickly to unmask the attempted framing of Admiral George Varma of the Alliance Council of Admirals. Between the brutal attack on the Interpol agents and the clumsy, false paper trail leading to Admiral Varma, investigators were able to track down the real culprit, recently promoted Rear Admiral Riri McAllister. As the old saying goes, it's never the crime, it's the cover-up. After arresting and interrogating McAllister, the task force was able to locate two major bases used by the League, 
one each in federal and imperial space. After enlisting the aid of independent combat pilots, the strongholds were destroyed, and the infrastructure supporting the League's clandestine data network was reported to have been eliminated. In an official statement, Deputy Inspector Mara Klatt described McAllister's transformation from decorated naval officer to the terrorist mastermind known as Nexus. Quote, she insists that she's a direct descendant of Commander John Jameson and that her duty was to avenge his death. End quote. After the appearance of the Thargoid artifacts in the Pleiades sector, McAllister spent several years quietly recruiting, quote, misguided obsessives and mercenaries. End quote. McAllister then designed a campaign of terror using public genealogy databases targeting descendants of known or suspected INRA officials. Each of the targets were chosen for their ease of access and ability to be publicized, stoking maximum fear and widespread notoriety. The discovery of Commander Jameson's crashed ship and the publication of his logs was taken as a sign to begin the systematic murdering of, quote, dozens of innocent victims, end quote. McAllister's trial on a number of terrorism-related crimes is scheduled to begin shortly. However, legal commentators are publicly aghast at some comments made by Deputy Inspector Klatt. At the close of her remarks on the subject of McAllister's belief she's a descendant of Commander Jameson, Ms. Klatt stated, quote, McAllister is registered as an orphan of unknown lineage, meaning we cannot verify her claim. Our suspicion is that this is a long-held delusion or product of a psychological disorder, end quote. Seven different prosecutors currently working in federal, imperial, and alliance jurisdictions all agreed that this statement would be used as powerful evidence to establish some version of the classic insanity defense. While the requirement and legal effect of such a tactic vary from system to system, all the officials contacted for this story agreed on one thing. Each prosecutor believed that McAllister's confession establishes her physical responsibility for the attacks, but her alleged state of mind casts doubt on her mental responsibility for them. Is Alliance Interpol playing politics, shielding one of their officers from the full operation of justice? Was this multi-year, highly organized, complex reign of terror really the brainchild of someone with a psychological disorder? The trial of Admiral Reary Nexus McAllister may generate more questions than answers. For Galactic Public Radio from the Alioth System, I'm Smooth Furnace. Thanks, Smooth. The Guardian Worshipping Church of the Internal Void has been banned in all jurisdictions. Officials have deemed the religion a hate group after a number of violent assaults on the Thorgoy Worshipping Church of the Far God. Eternal Void leaders are under arrest in many systems as a result of the attacks that have left hundreds dead, with perhaps thousands injured throughout human space. The decision was condemned by Juanita Bishop, who runs the secular, non-denominational campaign against the Far God sect. Bishop stated, quote, So the sick Thargoid lovers can walk free, while those with the courage to oppose them are put behind bars. It's the traitors who worship the enemy who should be illegal. This perversion of justice will backfire on us, mark my words, end quote. As usual, the members of the Church of the Far God contacted by GPR declined to be interviewed for this story and refused to comment on the violence or the new policy. Finally, a 40-year-old children's program is being rebooted for modern audiences, much to the dismay of the original creator. The animated classic Andromeda Dairies followed the adventures of several young human friends in a squadron of space-born creatures from another galaxy, who stored food and fuel on their backs, 
while delivering adventure, comedy, and art style ahead of its time. The show also addressed themes of cooperation, tolerance, critical thinking, and basic galactic geography. In its prime, the show enjoyed critical and commercial success, but later the franchise was trapped in the unexpected bankruptcy of its parent studio, Sunshine Starburst Pictures. After years and legal limbo, several members of the show's devoted fan base purchased the rights at auction. They formed Black Shadow Productions to bring Andromedaries back to the screens throughout the bubble. However, the new studio's vision may not align with memories of all the show's fans. In a press release touting the acquisition, the studio announced, quote, We're going on a dark, blood-soaked journey of psychological discovery, showcasing all the trials and pressures of intergalactic travel, end quote. Vienna Langhorn, the creator and head writer of Andromedaries, has responded forcibly to the new creative direction, stating, quote, It's about camels in space, for goodness sakes. What are these morons doing to it? End quote. GPR contacted the head of a prominent fan club who was not involved in the acquisition for comment. Ogden Smith, president of the Andromedaries Superlative Society, stated, quote, with all due respect to Vienna Langhorn, she doesn't understand the show like we do. The new version will return viewers to the gritty, realistic drama we enjoyed when we were kids. End quote. The studio has announced a script for a feature-length film, is in the rewriting stage, and merchandising opportunities are being explored. For Galactic Public Radio, I'm Spencer McDunn. Good night. Tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. So I believe where we left off with this uh, crack team was uh, you had just uh, dispatched a group of trucks, and you have uh, just now uh, 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 have you have you arrived safely at the building? I forget. No, so the, when we left off, we last ju- time, you just the trucks. I had we had, yes, I was standing after headlong running into another truck, and then mm. uh, I was right. getting into uh, Red's truck along with all of my equipment and wrecked computers and unopenable mystery boxes and, and things like that. And you said there's oh, okay. is there a passenger seat? You have to ride on his lap. There's not <laughs> I, one. I think you're in the prisoner. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm yeah. in the hold, right, with my gear. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're you're in the there's uh, these uh, these SRVs are police SRVs. One of them is a prisoner transport tube filled with life support and all the things you need to keep a, a a human being secure and safe and alive. The other one's a basic cargo pod. You're in uh, Red Barnes's prisoner tube. Is that a window? No. <laughs> so it's a you're, tube like he's like laying down like in a coffin kind of. Yeah, so I mean, it's like I mean, it's like it's the size and shape of a standard cargo pod, which you guys have been opening several of these during the course of the adventure, about two meters long, you know, about a meter square, roughly. But it's it's plenty, it's plenty big enough for a, a human to fit inside. Uh, uh, I'm gonna say comfortably, you know, you're not gonna you're not in the lap of luxury or anything, but you're not in any sort of discomfort. Um, they just and, haven't cleaned uh, it out since the last prisoner peed in it, so. <laughs> okay, I'm wearing a spacesuit. 
And he did that after you hauled bio waste in it, so. It's little bags in here. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe you don't want to roll perception uh, or insight at this particular moment, Ken Shadow. We'll just put it that way. We'll just, we'll just put it that way. You don't want to do any, either of those rolls because you might succeed, and that might have consequences. Please roll right. perception. <laughs> yeah, please don't. Okay, damage. so. <laughs> so, uh, right, so Ken Shadow climbs into the pod. Uh, you are on course for the... The pod The port <laughs> All right, so uh, Ken Shadow jumps into uh, Red Barn's uh, prisoner pod and uh, uh, wisely ignores his uh, immediate surroundings for possible unpleasantness. And uh, the team then sets off, I'm assuming, uh, resumes its course for the uh, large building, or the medium building. This is the medium building, right? Yeah. plan? Yes. And, and we were going in a roundabout way to try to avoid... Yes, that's Stuff. correct. You're 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 purposely sort of avoiding the direct path uh, to the uh, to their in in the hopes of avoiding the whatever it was that uh, appeared to make a track between the two buildings. Can I ask? Uh, are we sure we don't want to go for the large building? Considering Tony has already built the medium building. <laughs> <laughs> the large building is the spaceport, and if you want to go to the spaceport, I'll let you go to the spaceport. But it's a really long drive. And it'll be filled with dangers. Like okay, let's go to the medium building. <laughs> <laughs> like the kind of dangers you're going to wish you had a lot of Crisco for. <laughs> oh wait, you do. No, okay. All right, uh, all right. So let's let's uh, we'll we'll drive for the medium building. Um, the large building me, might have a Cinnabon, though. It might have a Cinnabon, as many airports do. And Shiv could use the icing for a combat advantage. But oh, there's plenty but of icing outside. But I'll warn you. But I'm too sh- yes, thank you very yeah, good. That's a good one. Um, but but I will warn you, this is a backwater spaceport, so the Cinnabons might not have made it out here this far. So it's, it's unlikely. Impressive to think about. The, there's yeah, Cinnabozos. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if the knockoffs are going to have made it out to this place, guys. This is gonna be, it's going to be a pretty bare bones sort of an airport, a spaceport. Cinnafrickin' bozo. I love it. That's great. Cinnabozos. <laughs> All right. So uh, give me a, give me a marching order for the uh, for the uh, spaceport. I'm not going first again because last time I got nailed. I have like no. Uh, I'll go first. Then. Shiv was master driver, right? Uh, it depends on which role you're talking Mr. about. Mister Dri- Mr. Red Barnes. <laughs> oh, what should our shields be on our uh, vehicles? Because some of us lost hit points. What is the default? They recharge. So they recharge five points every round. So yeah, but we're out of combat you- now. So yeah, so they'll 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 have had time to just come back up. Which means so. they are set at. 112, it right? It's 30? No, no, I believe it's just 30. All right, because I could do it, like, more. <laughs> you could, but no. But all right, no. go ahead. Sorry about that. That's all right. Uh, so, um, yeah, so marching order? We're going to do... I'll go first. Not Henry. Okay, so Shiv will go first. Shiv and, and Ken Shadow together. Yeah, together. That's right. <laughs> and then uh, and then Henry and then Ryu. Is that yeah. acceptable? Sounds good. All right, so uh, Shiv, why don't you give me a... a, a, a uh, Vehicle piloting. Do I get uh, help from Ken Shadows? He's telling me which way to go from inside the pod. <laughs> exactly. uh, n- no. As a matter of fact, if you talk to Ken Shadow, we're gonna call that distracted driving, and I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, make you roll at a minus one. So. All right. Yeah. Don't well, bother him, Ken Shadow. Here we go. I don't. Where's my? I'll, I'll oh. do some background reading while he's driving. 
That yeah, that's yeah, catch up on the classics, man. I avoid all little tiny rocks that make would otherwise make us fly into the air. Oh, it's a nat ten. Mm. Okay, well, I, uh, all right. So I'm gonna now. I think technically speaking, if you roll seven to ten, you run into like serious bad obstacles, but. We're not going to do that today. So, um, because I think it's the lower numbers are the ones that uh, give you the, the better. But you roll in that 10. So, congratulations. It's weird that uh, high would be bad, but yeah, especially because yeah. I get a plus two. But. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, that's, I'm sorry, I was confusing. That's combat rolls. That's the combat rolls. This is this is me just making sure you don't screw up. So, Pert, you guys, you drive right to there. And as a matter of fact, you pick such a good path. You have come up, You your roundabout path has, has, has led you to a point where you can get uh, within a hundred meters of the building, completely unobserved. Uh, you've, there's there's some open space around the building, making it hard to approach any closer. But um, you are behind some really solid cover, and there's pretty much no way physically anybody looking out the they windows of this building could have seen you approach. They'll never so, see what no. misses them when we try to hit it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They'll never see what missed us. Uh, let me. Uh, yeah. So this is. We're gonna go ahead and, yeah, that's what we're gonna do. So who's who's up? Uh, who's uh, who's up next? Who wants to? What do we want to do? You're driving up on this building. You're about a hundred miles away from literally the front door, which you can see. Or, sorry, hundred meters. Hundred hundred <laughs> meters. Hundred meters away from literally the front door of this building. Length of the football field. Away. Seventeen potatoes. <laughs> yes. I don't really have. You're, four, you're you're less than twelve parsecs away. I don't so really have anything to add because I can't see anything. But I do request that someone describe the scene for me. I say, hey, we got about two hundred meters when we're behind these rocks, so they can't have seen us coming. Do you see any tracks or anything else besides a building? Is there? I look for an obvious entrance or area to make one. Um, it is. <laughs> <laughs> there are no targets painted on the building that you can see at this point. No, uh, there's no bullseyes there. That wall but looks from destructible. The, yeah. From from where from your vantage point, um, off to the right, you do see a large, basically a garage building, with um, ten slots for trucks. Six of them have trucks in it. Four of them are empty. Four would, of course, correspond to the number of wrecked trucks you have encountered. One which was already wrecked, and three which you wrecked yourselves. Uh, and so, but that's just a large sort of open bay to off to the right, and and then in the middle of the building proper. Uh, amongst you know, a number of viewports and windows and stuff. It's a, another single-story building. Um, you see what looks like a standard airlock, much like the one you guys melted at the previous one. It's just a standard personnel airlock, slightly oversized to allow for you know small cargo pallets and sleds to get in. Cool, so we know how to take care of those because we've encountered it before. Exactly. You just you melt the wall around firing it. firing until it explodes. Mm-hmm. Um, no, so the garage... If- Sorry. Is the garage connected to the building at all? Um, it's it's yeah it's not, it's not separated that you can see. It does look like it's sort of you know uh, it's 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 open, but it appears to be you know the roof is the roof of the garage is the roof of the building. Do, do the doors that enclose the uh, other trucks look airtight? The trucks are the trucks themselves are airtight, but it looks like. It doesn't look. It looks like the entire garage area is. It's more like a carport. So we could drive right in if we really wanted to. You could drive right. You could drive. You could 
you could, your SRVs will fit comfortably into the four open slots, which were abandoned by the four trucks, which you guys have, have encountered. Yes. Well, I guess there's only three SRVs at this point because Ken Shadow's no longer driving. So we're Should all we parked. just drive in and go in that way? Well, he just said it's not really, it, it's more like a carport. So we would still have to go into the airlock. That's what I was actually wondering whether we could go in, yeah, you, close you, the door, and then go in that entrance. But it's not really an entrance, right? Yeah, you, you can't see. You can't see from your from your vantage point. You're looking basically right at the front of the building. You can't see any features inside the garage. It's too dark. Um, and, you know, and, and the angles are wrong. So you can basically see the fronts of the trucks. And in the empty bays, like I said, it's too far back and it's kind of dark. You can't see really any of the features of the back of the garage. Which side uh, of your model your is the garage point. on? It would be on the right. So uh, if you can see on the model, um, you see how it kind of like there's little, there's some Legos kind of sticking out. Mm-hmm. Like the garage is that way. Because theoretically, there's probably an airlock in the garage. So we could park, which would hide our SRVs to some degree, and just go in the gar- through the garage. I'm not sure that's a great idea. But. Or that there's actually an airlock Either way, there is an airlock is going to be monitored. So... Which so why not make our own? <laughs> Going through the corner. Um, do we want to search the vehicles that are parked there before we make our way into the building? Probably. If there's nobody over there. I say we park, then our SRVs won't be super visible. And whichever way we go in. Do we also, that, that's the plan do on we the also table? want to leave our SRVs where they could be commandeered by someone else easily either or we leave them here behind these rocks and do, do take their have, trucks away sorry for, do, do SRVs have security mechanisms um, I'm going to say that basically that uh, the same key that started your Viper starts the SRV so if you wanted to secure them so that it's Somebody would somebody would have to do the equivalent of a you know hacker security role to take over your SRV. It wouldn't they just wouldn't be able to just walk in and start it up. I mean, I'll I'm just leave Ken Shadow in there as my trunk. <laughs> <laughs> so we do have key cards, by the way. I mean, I, I took one off one of the corpses, and I think we found another one earlier. Yeah, we should be able to just get go right in. Maybe it'll be monitored, but it'll read as. Somebody that's supposed to be opening it. Well, in that case, if we're going to use a key card, it would definitely seem less suspicious to drive our SRVs up there. I don't know. If they're not expecting to see SRVs come back, they're expecting to see those trucks. Because that's what we found wrecked and what we destroyed was trucks, not SRVs, right? We could paint totally a truck on the side (laughs) of the (laughs) SRV. All right, so we're all parked for a second, right? Yeah, yeah, and and you're relatively safe. Okay, buddy, what's on your mind? We're all friendlies! So let's just be friendly! Some say he knows how to tell the difference between an Indian and an African elephant. And that's easy, because only one's an elephant. But only always he's called the Shiv and he'll put together this week's feedback. And here's a recap of last week's community question. What are your thoughts on protesting in-game about missing features? Is it just griefing other players, or is our zen out of phase? Ken from Chicago writes, For the last three community questions, too long didn't read version, you can protest in-game without griefing others. Hashtag City of Heroes players protested the unfair closing of the game that didn't prevent other players from playing the game. Uh, Number two, I like 
old guard frequency segments. Fruity Odie bars, pirates, and corporate training vids, please. Uh, number three, quantum spline travel. That's uh, spleen. That's spline. Spline. Quant- spleen has two E's, thank you. Spline, gotcha. <laughs> hey, that's why I ask, man. Yeah. <laughs> number three, quantum spline travel is a value add to space sims. Thus, hashtag Tony was right about many jump points. And that's where Ken Shatter's salt comes from because the last line is Tony was right. There's. Yeah, they- uh... <laughs> well, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll get to the really, really salty one here in a little bit. Yeah, I'm going to debate whether that's actually the equivalent of, of many jump points. But oh. I would I would like to see what a quantum spleen does look like. Quantum uh, spleen? That would, that, would, that would be fantastic. I, I'm looking forward to that in the medical ship context. Uh, <laughs> yes. You know, when, when I, need, when I, when I need a quantum spleen transplant, that's what I'm looking for. Oh, I knew it was different than the organ. I just didn't know how the word was pronounced because I've only ever yeah, read yeah. it. Yeah. 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 But it's more funny this spline way. is, right? It is a geometric curve of some kind, right? It is a curved line that is defined by control points. So you have like a, uh, typically there's four points, there's a beginning and an end, obviously, and then there's two points that define the parametric curve. And so it's a, uh, uh, it's just a way of defining lines. And so you can do, uh, if you're doing vector graphics, as I know um, Mr. Henry is apt to do, whenever you pull up a curved line and you, you pull the points on it, if you've done any kind of SVG or something like that, that's a spline. And so, in 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 any, all sorts of kinds of graphics, points of way, you you make that's a way of representing those curved lines. It's usually rasterized down in some other primitive. That is an excellent and cogent example, um, and which in no way diminishes the hashtag Tony was right about many jump points. I find I, I was f- hoping <laughs> that you would just forget. <laughs> I was hoping you would forget. I no. was trying to talk you down with some techno babble, no, and it did not, not work. Not a thing. Well, hashtag Ken Shadow was right because all that was good information about vector graphics. It, 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 it truly was. <laughs> and I will second his 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 fruity Odie bar com- uh, comment. We got patient. I I I merely asked for patience. Uh, uh, the fruity Odie bar guys will will ride once again, perhaps sooner than you think. At least at least a hint of them. At least a hint of them. And, and to be fair, those segments required way more work than I think was pre- was was obvious in the. Uh, in the presentation that we give, you know, you think, yeah, oh, yeah. it's just a bunch of guys screaming stupid jokes about VD into a into a microphone. I yes, mean, it takes, it, yeah, it takes yes, a lot it, more work there, and and we are working with a few writers at this point. He said VD. That's always <laughs> funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Shiv will attest to it. There, there was a lot of work. Shiv put in a lot of work to write something, and then I put in a lot of work to completely rewrite it. Uh, and then Shiv, <laughs> and then Shiv. Continues to hold grudge to this day about it, uh, but but it really it really is a collaborative effort uh, with it, and and I intend for the uh, for the continuation of them to also be a collaborative effort. That's a hint as to where you might see them come again. Eleanor Rebel writes in and says a most excellent show. I think protest play in an alpha is stupid. How about raising the issues on the council and upvoting the heck out of it? Where Chill writes in and suggests that Sean reads the following feedback from Mad Wolf. Okay, I'm game. Here we go. <clears throat> okay, so Jeff, now I, I now understand. I understand that you, man, I now understand your your hate, your rage of a million burning thuns, your extreme detest, your gut wrenching cringe. I mean, all all your all the hate in the universe does not compare to the hate you have for for No Man's Sky. I mean. I had to know for I had to find out how a game can give a man such such rage that he outright refuses to speak its name in a podcast. Wow, I am 
I, I have to say, Jeff, I'm on your side. Uh, anyway, <laughs> keep up the great work as always. Big smile. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Sean. No, I appreciate beautiful. your support. That was <laughs> that, good. So I, that was that. Was that was that that sufficient? That worked for you guys. It seems like See, it's almost artisanal rage. Artisanal yeah. rage. It is artisanal. That's it, right. It is it's artisanal rage. genuine artisanal rage. You damn straight tootin' for no more sky. I'm probably playing it after Bridge Crew tonight. I got it downloaded now. <laughs> <laughs> I was clearing space while you guys were talking. Yeah, well, enjoy enjoy your refunds. I read an article on it, you know, the other day, and then the first comment was, uh, "I download. I hadn't played in a while. I downloaded the update and spawned a new planet. The planet was 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 highly radioactive, and I died within thirty seconds. I then de- <laughs> uninstalled the game. <laughs> I saw that you put that in chat. That was hilarious. That was great. That's that is." what's known as a bad user experience a bad customer experience <laughs> in the business it's yeah no <laughs> uh, good jeff Acrosi writes in and says commander salute face here to say a great show this week though i'm disappointed shiv didn't read the thanks to our community manager me part at the end that would have been just too good for me to pass up Moving on to the protests. This event in Star Citizen is akin to others that have happened in Elite, and they all make my blood boil. Protesting or expressing your feelings for included or missing features in the game is fine, provided that protest doesn't affect other players' enjoyment of the game. Many times a group that shall not be named in Elite has done similar by senselessly murdering pilots, many of those new in an attempt to raise awareness and increase complaints, so they say. But that's just justification for being petulant children, and it only hurts the community. There are constructive ways to show your support or criticism of a game, but this is not one of them. I'd also wanted to touch on No More Sky, or the next update that's released. It is, in a word, incredible. Oh my god. Really? Shiv gave you this one on purpose, Jeff. Yeah, I see, I see that now. He, he may not be hosting this week, but his presence is keenly felt. Uh, Please tell us how good it is, Jeff. I can't wait to hear this on our recording. I'm, I'm going to strike all this. I'm just not no, going to no, read this. No, 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 okay. It is, no, in a word, incredible. In a you word, should read incredible. it as a drunk pirate. <laughs> <laughs> read it as a drunk pirate. Uh, I, I give. I'll give you a fruity oldie. I'll read it like an old man. <laughs> Next, like the other updates, overhauls and further improves so many elements of the game. It's all I've been playing. I won't say that the update makes it an entirely new game, but because the core of space survival and exploration. Hey, I want a fruity oldie bar after this. Several space and exploration sim is still there. <sighs> Let me catch my breath here. <clears throat> but Edmund has launched and... <laughs> you can't keep... You see that? That's the problem with the old man. It's hard to keep up. I, I, know, it, I only gave you short lines on that he once had. <laughs> I only gave you short lines when you were playing the old man. It's, yeah. it's hard to keep up. But MNS launch and MNS next is comparable to Elite launch or uh, a launch to Beyond or SC Alpha 2 to now. I would happily write more about the seamless co-op campaign or mission improvements, but I need to get back to working on my third base and improving my fleet of frigates. Oh my god. So apparently <laughs> it is possible to have fun in No Man's Sky now. This, this is the takeaway I'm, I'm getting from Akrosi's feedback here, is that it is now possible to have a good time in that game. 
Yeah, Ben said the same thing. Our artist Ben Sanders said the same thing. That's why I'm downloading it. Everybody seems to enjoy it. Yeah, and, I need to I, get back to it too. I, I did. I did play it when it first came out, and I got a little bored. But now, now I need to try it now. Well, and yeah. after my discussion with Henry, uh, maybe my conscience will be clear if I refund it and go buy it again on Steam. So maybe I'll, I might, I might do that too. But I, I also, what my takeaway here also is that Jeff now thinks this game is, in a word, incredible. Uh, I think that's, <laughs> no, that's no, an important I read, thing I that all your listeners need to take away. And, and if, all, in all due respect to Acrosi, uh, uh, I'm I'm sure he loves the game, but really, this is not a space sim, and we should not be talking about this game. I, I, well, uh, several I think, seconds ago, you said it was a space survival and exploration sim. I heard but, yes. you. I have it on radio. Yes, it is a I space a survival. So mean, it's it's yeah. better than a space sim because it's got more words, right? It's got more yeah. words. I think, but I think a Crossy, yeah. I think that's exactly Crossy's point. Is that it's it's there's words between space and sim that more define and maybe better define the game, but the words space and sim are still in it. So oh, I think that's the bridge. I think that's the bridge that we that we need to to work over. I, I will I will refer you to where chill. Okay. <laughs> 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 Who now understands my my. My dislike of the game. I won't say I hate it, but it's okay. my dislike of, that we include this game in our conversation and almost every episode. Oh, my God. Uh, Shiv uh, did did pretty good trolling Jeff with that one, but I really wish he would have given this feedback to Kin Shadow. But I'm going to go ahead and read it anyway. just I can, I can read it if you really want no, me no, to. No, no, no. It, it's okay. It's okay. I'd, I'd much rather read it and watch your face as I read it. I think that'll be more fun. So here we go. Here we go. Clown Bobo writes in again, and he says... I scream it from the mountaintops. Tony was right. Tony is right. It is highly <laughs> likely that Tony will be right again soon. TM. Poetry. Poetry is what that is, sir. Are you sure you don't want Ken Shadow to read that? Are you sure? I mean, he's right yeah, here. Let's yeah, just read let's, that. Let's get him to read that. I, I'd have to do it in a voice just like yeah, Jeff yeah, did, like, though. Okay, all right. Pick, wouldn't, yeah, go ahead, be, go ahead pick a voice. Go ahead pick I a voice. I can't that do that. <clears throat> I scream it from the mountaintops. Tony was right. Tony is right. And it's highly likely that Tony will write again soon. <laughs> you know what? Even like that, it still sounds beautiful to me. Would you like me to keep going? I no, no, no. I got, I got the rest of this. I got Unfair. the rest of this. I got the rest of this. Unfair, I cry. For you to have considered my previous submission without the hammer in the house when the kinetic impulsor is away. Dot, dot, dot. Oh, and missing from that missive was my agreement with Tony that, quote, liking the SC project, my words, not his, will have a direct and long-lasting impact upon my ability to enjoy the finished game. I don't like own goal mistakes, especially not when repeated with the frequency CIG seems committed to committing them. And speaking of the latest refund debacle, don't, don't, don't ever be perceived to be drawing any kind of policy line over the top of a disabled person. How can anyone like that? The circumstances are absolutely unimportant. Give the man his four grand back and move on. Hugs to Tony and Shiv. The rest of you, get back to work. Oh, just, just, just beautiful. That was, that was, that was, amazing. That was so good. Um, was, was I, was I here for his last screen? No, I don't think you were here for either of them. No, actually, that's why I don't remember it. Yeah, the, yeah, you were, you were out, you were out for those. But um, as I recall, the the first uh, screed as Mister. Mr. Kinshadow so rudely refers to the the 
missive, I believe is what, uh, yes, missive. I wasn't here for it, so it could have been a screed, yeah. it could be a rant, it could be a ravings. I'm, I'm not quite sure you're which, not sure, which part you're not sure where, Yeah, you're, you're making an assumption based on that first sentence where, you, where he says Tony I is am. right. Absolutely. And, and, and leaping to the conclusion that it must have been a screed, a rant, or a raving. Well, uh, so, his so, name is Clown Bobo, for God's well, sake. Well, I, I mean, uh, granted, I will grant you that as well. That also that also can shade it a little bit. But, however, I find the poetry of his words to be utterly it does. hypnotic. It, hypnotic, it, it sir. Reads, it reads like uh, like almost like Shakespeare, really. So it does, truly, truly. Clown Bobo Shakespeare. Clown, clown Shakespeare, yes. Clown Shakespeare. So, no, but uh, the, two, two things just real quick in there. Uh, uh uh, Shiv put the feedback in there when I was going to be on vacation, so that's that's why it happened that way. Uh, very happy to read your your latest uh, submission, Mister Bobo. Um, but I think your point about the refund it is bad optics for especially when the guy raised the issue of being disabled as being one of the reasons why he wanted the refund back. But they seem to have weathered that. Uh, I agree with you in principle, but in practice, it seems not to have mattered a darn, uh, which. Which is unfortunate, but that's how it goes. People have gotten refunds for medical reasons, and, well, um, but I, it, yeah. it all depended on the timing of the request, I think. And uh, I don't know what I don't when, know enough about the case to, to comment. And it's time for our new Patreon announcement, but we don't have one, so and we don't have a random winner either. So, and this week's community question: What kind of DLC would you like to see or hate to see for Elite? And uh, you got anything to say about Star Citizen or No Man's Sky? And otherwise, how is the show? Would you pay up to $15 for our downloadable content, or would you be asking for a multiplayer refund? Drop us an email, a tweet, or comment on our show posts, which you can find on our website and over on our Facebook page. And that brings us to the end of episode 222 of Guard Frequency. We'll be back with episode 223 on August 7th, 2018. Be sure to keep an ear out for our shows over at GuardFrequency.com. We'd like to thank the entire team at Guard Frequency and the Priority One Network. Thanks to our community manager, Justin Chivalry Bean Lowmaster, our artist, Ben Sanders, and of course, our audio engineers, Mikey and Lennon. Thanks to our syndication partner, The Bass, and special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music in our show. Visit RonaldJenkins.com for more of his work. But above all, we especially want to thank you folks for tuning in. If no one's listening out there, the deep black gets pretty lonely. Reduce thrust. To be clear, Riker's steering column was always there. You just couldn't see it. Oh, hello, ladies. It wasn't, like it wasn't you, always there. It was only after the the refit or no. It was, it was the E. E. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was the E because it, it was an insertion. That, whoosh. <laughs> LNO Rebel writes in and says, a most excellent show. I think protest play in an alpha is stupid. How about raising the issues on the council and upvoting the, the neck out of it? Probably supposed to be heck. heck. 
Prosper. Yeah, yeah. That makes so much more sense now. I've been reading that feedback since the beginning of the show going, what the hell does that mean? Uploading the neck out of it. The neck sick out of it. I was like, what? It's internet lingo, man. I'm too stupid to figure out he mistyped heck. Okay. It's obvious now. It's completely obvious now. We're going to make a meme out of this. We're going to we're going to update the neck out of something or upload the neck out of something. Upload the neck out of that. Instead we're going to storm. We're going to storm Reddit with this. Upvote the neck out of it. Oh, that's yeah, the new show, show title. Upvote yeah. the neck out of this. Upvote the neck out of it. Oh, here's a community question: Is Tony right or is Ken Shadow wrong? <laughs> that's the that's a really tricky lawyer question. Let's not do that. that that's right up there with have you stopped beating your <laughs> One wife? One of us is always right. One of us always lies. <laughs> <laughs> If she'd gone that way, she'd gone straight to the castle.